Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Let's get into it. Storm defeat the Roosters, 18-13. Let's just get straight into it. The big call that happened in the first half. Everything's already been said, so I almost feel like it's pointless talking about it. Shocking call. Huge swing in the game. But if you're a Roosters fan, I implore you, please go and watch Trent Robinson's press conference because my respect for Trent Robbo, for Robbo as a coach has gone through the roof after watching that. Now, I already you know, thought he's one of the best coaches we've seen, already had massive amounts of respect for him. But if you go and watch that, you can go and see why he's won as many premierships as he's won, as many minor premierships as he's won. And even it, it made me think back to the – sorry, Timmy, I mean, you get smashed this week. But it made me think back to the 2019 grand final. Uh, you opened up this show saying you were, you know, you, you didn't mind us as blokes. You, you gave us a shirt as a present, and then it's just been all-out attack on T Dub. Oh, you're taking the piss at the start. Of it, like. it made me rethink of that because I remember. So they won the game, and he was getting interviewed uh, by Nine after the game, and I'm sure you boys remember too. Thurston asked him, basically, what do you think of the six again called? It was a big call, you know. Thurston didn't do anything wrong. He was, he's asking the right question. It was a big call. It did have a big effect on the game. And Robbo was very prickly about it. And basically was like, basically Robbo was like, mate, we defended our line for like six or seven sets. That's what won us the game. <laughs> and basically letting everyone know that there's more, there's 80 minutes. One call doesn't make you win a game. It's, it's the 80 minutes. And when that happened, there was a part of me that was like, look, I think Robbo's just saying that because he won a grand final, and he wants his team's effort to be rewarded. Fast forward, what? We're like five years, four years in the future, three years in the future, and in the press conference, he said the exact same thing, and he was on the losing side of a terrible call. Uh, You could argue even worse because it's like right there and there was no, but let's just say it's equally as bad, and he said the exact same thing. 
we had plenty of opportunities to win that match and we didn't take them. And so after watching that press conference, I thought it was one of the best well-handled press conferences I've seen in a long time. Honestly, similar to what Ricky Stewart did in that 2019 grand final, I thought he handled it really well. I thought Robbo handled this really well. Yeah, for sure. And I think you can see in moments like that, you know, the Roosters haven't had their greatest year. I mean, in saying that, they've done pretty freaking well finishing in the top six. But you can see where that grit comes from mm. and that attitude that Trent Robinson <coughs> obviously instills in them. Even over the last few years, and, you know, I've, you know I'm, I'm me, us, we've been pretty critical of the Roosters this year at different points. But... I mean, we're at the end of a season once again and we're still talking about the Roosters. Yeah. Despite, you know, how far off the mark from where we thought they would be, it is pretty impressive. Oh, it's massive. I honestly, go and watch the press conference because he said, look, we've had some pretty harsh critics, um, but we're honest with ourselves. We should have been better. We could be better. Um, and it, it's the reason why they've been so good for so long. With standards like that, especially after a loss where you could absolutely make the argument that, if that doesn't happen, maybe they do score a try. Maybe it's a 12-point turnaround. I don't know. But the way he handled it was is honestly nothing short of incredible. He's such a class act. Mm. And there would have been about probably 14 other coaches in the NRL who would have oh. blown up deluxe oh. about it. I was like, no, nah, that didn't cost us the game. And it didn't. Like One, one decision doesn't cost a team a game. As, as, he said, as he said time and time again, if there's 80 minutes of football. It doesn't mm. come down to one decision. It doesn't. And the Roosters had every opportunity <laughs> to win that game. Unfortunately... When they needed their attack to just click once or twice, it just it just didn't. It just didn't. And also, it's the Melbourne Storm. We'll get to it, but their ability to hang in games is honestly a joke. Yeah. It is a joke. Just on Trent Robinson, we move on. I reckon he would be quietly very confident and very excited about next year. You think yep. about everything that's gone wrong this year, they finished, what, two weeks short of a grand final. I've got Terrell May, looks like the best young forward in rugby mm. league right now. Sam Walker, you know, say what you will, he's landed two match-winning games in two finals. They just happen to have not won the second game, realistically. Mm. Um, you know, Sandon Smith coming <coughs> off the bench, he's been unreal. Lindsay Collins has gone to a new level. And, like, yeah, they lost that game on the weekend, but you know, they were missing their, all their centres and all their wingers. Yeah. Pull all those guys back into that side. And if Sam Walker can play the entire year next year, <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself because we have the last few years, but the Roosters, they look like a serious threat for next season. Yeah. Brandon Smith starting to play his best footy at nine yeah. last few Keary weeks. was great towards the end of the year. Great towards the end of the Long's year. Long's emerged now. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good things there. I'm, I'm torn on it because Robbo would absolutely be seeing all that and getting excited. I do want – like, let's not ignore how freaking good this roster is and – you look at the back line that ran out, the back five outside of Tedesco, the centres and the wingers, and you go far out. Like, no wonder they couldn't capitalise in certain situations. However, their pack was there, their spine was there. It was still a damn good footy team. They're out week two of finals. They were okay in this fixture. I, I do wonder if, from a player's perspective, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago, will this finish this season and making week two of the finals and being a whisker of playing in a prelim final, will it? Will it cover over cracks that emerge this season or not? That's the big question for me for the Roosters next well, year. Well, as I said, go and watch the press conference because he literally says, guys, we can't let this cover the fact that this has not been a good yeah. season and we're not going to allow it to be – like he talks specifically, we need to look at the start of our years and find out why we are doing that because we can't afford to and do it And that's where Robbo's way too intelligent for it. He won't be sitting there going, I'm happy with this year. Yeah. He'll be going, well, you should have been in premiership contention in, mm. in two weeks' time. But <laughs> – you know, it's from the players' perspective, do they sit back and go, oh, wait till a final, it's not a bad season. Mm. You know, we had things go wrong, we still made it this far. That's Robbo's job to get that out of their head yeah. and go, no, no, guys, grand final or nothing. No, I, I personally think that, I think they'll learn from this year. I think they'll learn and it'll finally be driven home that, you know, I think 
Look, going into the year, I did get a feeling that they were always like, our roster's so good, it's just going to mm. click. And I think this year has taught them, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your roster is. You can go out and get done by the Dolphins, who everyone said wouldn't barely win a game in round one. Um, but let's talk about the game specifically. Um, as I said, shocking call. And I know some people don't like this, but I actually liked hearing Ashley Klein talk to Tedesco because it humanises him. And when you hear him talk, you're like, like even though he made a shocking call, you're still like, oh, you can tell he's like, oh, damn, I made that. And you do, you do feel something for him. You're like, mate, he is getting absolutely pizzled from pillar to post. And I get that's no, it's no comfort for Roosters fans. But it's one of those things where at least when you hear him talk, you can hear, I guess, the regret or him being honest and saying, look, I just call it as I see it. So shocking call, it isn't acceptable in regards to if a player made a similar error, like as bad as that in a key moment, you would say, you know, his position the next week should be questioned. Um, and that's, that's fair. That's part of the process. But I do, you know, here in Klein, it is hard for me to go too hard on Ashley Klein when, like, these, these things, like, it's a terrible call. The review will take care of itself. Would, should he be, let's say the grand final was next week, that, in my opinion, would probably rub him out of the ability to do that because of the error. Um, what do you boys think? Yeah, it's a tough one. I um, just feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him as well. <laughs> and I, I think the reality of it is that, you know, you're going to have human error in these things sometimes. Mm. And I, you know, I, it, it quite often sh- shits me when I think about, you know, when we get errors like this and, you know, everyone wants more cameras, more replays, more, you know, technology be more part of it. I, I would rather us lean towards the side of just having human error. And mm. it is what it is. <laughs> mm. Like, I mean, Roosters fans will be upset. I get it. Like, Yes, that call went against you, but, I mean, your team made 10 errors. You missed 30 tackles. Mm. Like, if your backyard is perfect, 100% go after the ref. But I, I personally don't think that decided this game. Mm. What do you reckon? To answer your question of if the grand final was next week, uh, would, would that cost him a spot? If the NRL had him touted as the grand final referee, then I think absolutely it should not cost him his spot. Mate, they're human beings referees. They make mistakes. That's Everyone pretty bad, them. though. It was a bad mistake. Ashley Klein knows it was a bad mistake. Mm. Mistakes happen. It was one shocker, was it? But far out. When has a referee ever gone week in, week out, and doesn't make a mistake? There's not a referee in the game right now who hasn't made a mistake this year. It's just like it's it's one mistake. I, I'm with you, but I just think that there are levels of mistakes. Not all mistakes yeah. are equal. And my concern with that one is, and, and look, and I also one thing I want to be clear is like, what the hell were the touchies doing? That's what I mean. Like he's not the only one out he's, there. So he's not the only one out there. Um, the, the concern I have, and as I said, I feel I do feel sorry for Ashley Klein because like he's just getting smashed. But like that was so, that was like that's not on the level of most mistakes, you know. Like ones where let's say okay, let's say he was on the other side of the ball. Let's say he was behind Harry Grant. Then you'd be like, oh, bad angle, yeah. you know. That that's a mistake that I think falls in the category of acceptable. Whereas where I go, like, this is a bit different to your normal mistakes. Is like he was, like, right there looking at the ball. And that's where I go, oh, that is such – like, it's almost like a player showboating to score a match-winning try and dropping the ball. But, it, like, if he's deemed to be the best referee all year, just one mistake, go, all right, well, you've been the best over 31 rounds of footy. I don't think anyone's that clear out, though. 
No, like, and then like I, I don't love talking about refs at the best of times, and I don't follow refs close enough to say he should be the grand final, mm-hmm. he, he shouldn't eat. But if the NRL think he is, then I don't think one decision in the heat of the moment should undo all his good work this season. I'm not saying he's the man yeah. for the job. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was just it was one though. Like there was the head high on Harry Grant, they didn't want to call. Yeah. I didn't think it was a hip drop, but you could argue it was a hit drop. In which case, if there was numerous, fine. But going so, off one uh, call, and I'm not saying you wouldn't select him, but I am saying in the review process. Mm. I do think they're going to look at that and be like, mate, there were, there were a few calls here. And then you obviously got, you know, you could argue the Jackie Whiten one didn't get sent for 10 or, or sent off. Like, you know what I mean? So, as I said, I, I feel sorry for Ashley Klein. Human error happens. And I think that as a game, we need to be way more forgiving of the human error between certain points. Like, let's say there's a, there's a kind of acceptable human error. And then there's an unacceptable, and I do think that that was an unacceptable one. Not to say that he should never ref again or, any, or <laughs> that he should be like getting the abuse that he's getting. That's ridiculous. Like we all have howlers. How many times we've, have we seen, even this year, blokes not scoring tries because they couldn't just put the ball down? So it happens to everyone. But I do think this does fall into the category of unsuccess, uh, uh, unacceptable mistake compared to, let's just say, the Harry Grant one, for example. And that, that's, that would be a mistake, but that's one where I go, you know what, he was probably thinking of it along the lines of, yes, he got head high, but we know he's okay, he's not dazed, he didn't affect the play, he was going to get tackled anyway, it's a huge moment, let's just get keep the ball rolling. That's yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but I mean, at the same time, like, there's a lot of controversy this week, Chase, if Warbrick didn't score that try, Ooh. could you imagine? Yeah, like especially after you know that head high tackle that mm. they didn't have a look at, which I agree with you. I you know I hate that that's a penalty in rugby league, mm. but it but is. It has been yeah. for thirty weeks. It is. I, I and that's where I I do feel sorry for Ashley Klein because you could tell he was going like oh well you know I did kind of make a poor call against the Roosters. I mean look this is all assumptions. I don't want to say that he definitely was thinking this, but I'll just put myself in that position. If I made that poor call. And then that happened to Harry Grant. There would be a part of me that would be like, I can't give that to them after what I did earlier in the game. Needs to even it up a bit. Anyway, it's, it's enough to talk about it. It was a shocking call. We all agree. Um, but abusing refs, and I just think we're getting into a point where we're creating an environment where we're going to have no refs. We're going to have no refs. Well, mate, in junior grades, we already have that environment. And people that aren't out on the ground don't see that. But you quite often, you know, I, I, we, we had a – my, my team had a prelim final to get into a grand final a few years ago. We didn't have touchies. Yeah. Not enough refs around. Like, that, that is ridiculous getting yeah. to that point when you're at, you know, 16s, under-17s football to get into a grand final and there's not enough refs Jeez. to have a touch judge. Yeah. Like it's, and the referee we had on that field was younger than the kids that were playing. Yeah. Like, it's just – it is wild out yeah. there. Yeah. So, you, you can critique refs like we do on this, you know, show. You know, maybe too much, maybe not enough. You can critique Klein's error. And I'm sure he would also admit that, you know, yes, it should be critiqued. Mm. But that is a diff- there's a difference between that and abuse, guys. It is, is ridiculous to abuse him for one call, but not, be a, not that you should abuse anyone. But if you got any anger, it should be at drop balls, missed tackles, fucking so many things you could look at rather than that one mistake by the referee. Yep. Uh, so I just hope that people just relax a little bit on the, the chat around the ref because – what, it's been like two refs in like five years that have quit because of the environment now? Like two NRL refs now? Yep. Um, uh, and, and I reckon that there would be more. And there's also a, a ref's got a, uh, his, I think it's his son. He actually said, mate, he put him into AFL refing mm. because he didn't want him coming up through this environment. Yeah. And, and that's the exact point. You've said it, Guru said it really well with the junior side of things. 
we need to encourage the future referees yeah. in the game because we're going to run out of them if we keep carrying on like we do to them currently. And yep. like, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like if my son or daughter wanted to ref, I'd go, no, I don't think so. I would I would push them away from it 100% because I've seen what it's like out there. And this isn't even at first grade level. This is a, mm. just on, on the weekend. Like it's, yeah. Pressure on them, like it, oh. Yeah. So as I said, it's okay, it's okay to say wrong call, really poor call, really poor error. But leave it at there. He's not the reason that the Roosters lost that game. No. He's not the reason that the Roosters lost that game. They had, more, they had more line breaks. They had eight more offload. They doubled their offload tally. They had every chance to win it. It's like, come on. Yeah, and if, if the coach is saying it's not the reason, then it's not the reason. Uh, let's get to the specific performances. Um, from we'll go, we'll go Roosters first, and then we'll go Storm. Uh, Roosters, I actually thought, um, I, even though statistically Teddy was quite good, I do think he did fall a little bit back into the bad habit of run first instead of looking for the pass sometimes. And I, I get it, he's a run first player, mm. but there were at least, I think, two times where if he had to just put it through the hands, probably, well, they go very close to scoring at the least. Um, so even though I thought he played solidly, I do think that he's got to try to find that balance in big games when he does get that higher emotion and he wants to make impact, which is good. That's what makes Teddy literally one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. But there were certain moments where it's like, you just just let go of the ball. Just let it go. Part of me wants to, you know, give a little credit to James Tedesco because the centres and the outside backs were the guys that aren't normally there and they are reserve grade players. But we've seen this a number of times this year. Mm. If it was the first time we'd seen it, maybe be like, okay, maybe he doesn't have total trust in these other guys. But... I mean, we've seen him do it in State of Origin this year with mm. the best of the best outside him. So I definitely think it is something that Teddy will look at over this offseason. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of a player Teddy returns mm. next year. Yeah. Like he's going to – it sounds like Mal Meninga is going to pick him at fullback for the Kangaroos. So, so you really? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Well, you said he's, and he's our captain. Yeah. So he's basically pick and captain. <sighs> so, yeah, big 12 months for Teddy coming yeah. up. Huge 12 months. Yeah, I, I think if I'm Teddy in the offseason – Mate, all I'm working on is ball playing. That's all I'm working. Like we know, he's literally one of the greatest ball running fullbacks we've ever seen. My, you know, who am I to say fucking what Teddy should do? But you know, if I were to give my opinion, it would be like I would just be working purely. Like, look at our the, the top tier fullbacks right now: Reese Walsh, Kalen Ponga. What do they have that Teddy doesn't have in the modern game? It's that incredible ball playing that Teddy. Even though Teddy, he does have it because we've seen it. We've seen it plenty of times. But it would just be about. Picking his mo- picking their moments, and look, in Teddy's defence, like it's one okay year in five unbelievable years. Yeah, it's just remarkable to see how quickly his ball playing has gone downhill. Mm. Like it was good last year, two years ago it was exceptional, and his ability to you know sum up that three v two. How many times do we? In the last three, four, five years, has there just been highlight reel after highlight reel of just Teddy sweeping and finding Daniel Tupu? And this year, it just fell off a cliff, and I've no idea. I've no idea why, but a big part of it is something we've spoken about all year, and that is just the spine not gelling together. They've mm. they've been clunky all season, but even when he's been put in that position, just cannot find it. Well, there was one where they, I think it was an offload from maybe Lindsay Collins or whatever. And he just dummied and went himself. And, like, there was a massive – like, it wasn't even an out-the-back play. It was just purely mm. – and I was just like, man, that's so uncommon. Like, Teddy doesn't usually – like, this year he's been doing it. And, look, we sound super harsh because he didn't play bad at all. He played quite solidly. But the one you always say, Kempi, the tippity-top standards. Yeah. And Teddy yeah, plays 
next to no bad games in his career. Yeah. So when he's a little bit off, you're just like, where'd that come from? Yeah. And he's the guy that's going to, if they're going to win, he needs to be the guy that helps it. So that, there was, that, as I said, there were a few times where I was like, he just fell back into that kind of habit of thinking he needs to do it all himself, which is what has made him so great and one of the goats at fullback. But it just didn't seem to be clicking at times on the weekend. Um, and in his defence, as you said, Guru, maybe it was the fact that he had outside backs that he hadn't played much rugby league with this year. That could have been the reason. Um, by, no, by no means did he play poorly at all. I mean, 24 runs, 234 metres, six tackle breaks, three offloads, eight tackles, um, no misses. So, like, he didn't play poorly at all. But by his lofty, lofty standards, I think, he, put it this way, peak Teddy, he's hitting the right man yep. every time. Yeah, every time. Sure. Uh, I'll let you go. Who stood up for you, Guru? Uh, mate, I was going to mention uh, your mate, uh, Terrell May, but I might wait for you to talk about him. I thought Sandon Smith, when he came on the field. Mate. They do not win last week against the Sharks if he's not playing. He, he came up with a couple of very big plays in that game last week. And then, mate, when he came on the field in this game, he just turned it on its head. Mm. Scooted from dummy half, put the big left foot on. I think it was Nelson, left him for dead, found Radley, and then, you know, a really good sign of of good ball players, he just knew that when they were on the front front foot, he had to go again. Mm. Got up and made that, that <clears> pass that he threw to Lindsay Collins. Mm. That was incredible. Well, Robbo said something really good in the press conference. He was like, a few weeks ago, he, he, he was almost waiting, like Sandon Smith was almost waiting and just kind of floating across field to wait for Kiri and Butcher to, to do... Like basically, he was there just to give the ball to them and what they wanted. He said, it's only been the last few weeks where he's seen Sandon Smith be brave enough to just do it himself. And he was so stoked for Sandra Smith that, like, that's a huge gutsy play to just go bang over the top. Like, that's a, that's a risky pass to Lindsay Collins. For 14 minutes to go in a game, you come in, come on as a hooker, playing out of position, having played halfback for what I know his entire career. The vision he had for that pass was set a 20-year-old. Mm was incredible. As you said, Gampy, he's thrown that over about four blokes. Any one of them could have snapped that up, run the field, and this bloke's like, just confidence he's shattered Mm. for a long time to come. But he went for it, nailed it off the back of his lineup. So he backed up that play. That was one of the most... That was an incredible finals play that will probably be forgotten about because they got beaten in this game. But that pass was sensational. Now, just to interrupt, we'll, and we'll get to the, we'll speak about it more later, but there's a bit of breaking news that is yeah. seismic. Yeah, a bit of breaking news. I'm sure you guys, by the time you're listening slash watching this, you'll probably have more information than us, but Penrith Panther star halfback Nathan Cleary has been sent to hospital for scans, sending a scare through the club. As reported by News Corp, it's understood that Cleary suffered a finger injury at training and was sent to the hospital to undergo scans on the severity of the injury. Oh, thank God you said finger. I thought it was going to be like a hammy or something. No. Mate, finger they can just strap her up and get there, but still ball playing hand. Still. Yeah. If it is a ball playing hand, like as in his strong right hand. Interesting. That is like to get the boys G'd up for Melbourne Storm, that is huge news. Because like I think the Melbourne Storm, they just need a bit of hope at the moment. Even though like I'm not being disrespectful when I say that, but it just feels when you watch Storm play, they're just hanging on by a thread, just by pure grit. Mm. But you give them a bit of fire under their belly, and they go, oh, "Hang on a sec, Cleary might be injured. He might be on here, boys." Um, that's in, that's huge. That's rugby said. league for you. Well, you boys have been the same. You get asked every single week, "Can anyone beat Penrith? Can anyone beat Penrith?" And I'm sitting here going, 
my response every time is Brisbane potentially, but in my eyes for a long time it's been probably not come mm. grand final. But I follow it up with every time with if anything happens to Nathan Cleary, it just changes the entire competition. Mate, what could have happened? The, the scans, like, is it a is it a a little dislocated finger and they just sent him just to be sure? Because like a dislocated doesn't matter. Fuck, pop it back in. You back in that train, you got physios, doctors there. Yeah, you'd be sweet. You can dislocate it in a game and to play. Go to hospital. Like bloody Munster played with a compound fracture. Mm. You know, so it's huge news though. Because like at hospital, oh imagine God. them going into a preliminary final with Jack Cogger and, and Lua. No, or well, if Luai's good to go. Yeah, if he's good to go. Well, he'll be. He'll be there's a chance he may pop it out again. It's been like what three weeks? Dislocated oh, shoulder. Wow. Yeah. Holy, could could you imagine? I will say, as a Broncos fan, <laughs> I want Cleary to play though, because I would hate to get to a grand final and let's say let's <coughs> say we do beat the Warriors hopefully this weekend, and then we got to a grand final against maybe Melbourne or Penrith, and then people are like oh yeah, but Cleary was injured. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I'll take, I'll take the win any day of the week. You're a way better bloke than me, Kempi. If that's me in the rage and a prelim and we're, we're looking like playing the Panthers grand final, clearly us down, I'm going, wonderful news. Oh, I want to beat their best side, though. Oh, of course you want to, but... <laughs> take it when you can get them. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, that is huge news, Guru. We'll get to it later in the show. Uh, back on the Roosters. Um, yeah, I mean, we, talk, we talk, spoke about a bit about it earlier. Uh, Terrell May, absolutely outstanding. Uh, 56 minutes. 18 runs, 131 metres, six tackle breaks, four offloads, 45 tackles with zero misses. In a game as gritty and grindy as that, that's nothing short of incredible. He's going to absolutely explode next year, isn't he? <laughs> I cannot wait for him to get – like, he is going to – because, like, you can see his physique and how big he is and yeah. strong he is. As he just gets more used to the pace of the game and everything, he's just going to be able to pick his moments even better every time. He's such a good – like, to, to have a front row forward with footwork like that, I think it's so underrated. And I, I think it's been something that the Roosters have really struggled with since they lost Takiyaho. Yeah. They've really struggled to fill that void. And geez, early signs over the last few weeks, it's, it, this guy looks like he could be one of the better forwards in rugby league. Mm. If he keeps this up and just, like, the footwork, the offload, he's just got everything they need. You pair him up with a Lindsay Collins, a very different footballer. Very nice match there. Mate, Lindsay Collins is fast becoming a big game front rower. Yes. Mm. It is unbelievable yeah. the moments he has. Yeah. Like even that cutout pass from Sen Smith, to have the, the grit, the gut, but all, the guts, but also the standards as a fronty to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be pushing up on a play like I'm a freaking six or a seven. Like he had no right to be pushing up like that. No right. We're talking about a front rower here pushing up as if he's a fullback. Well, it's it's funny you say that. If you go watch that play again and you watch him out wide getting himself ready, he's next to, he's next to James Tedesco. Mm. He identifies it before Teddy does. Watch their body language. You literally see him identify what's going on before Teddy does. And and, and Teddy's only half a second behind him, but he identifies <coughs> the space and where he needs to be. Far Incredible. Out. That's amazing. Lindsay Collins has been nothing short of phenomenal at the end of the year. Like he's some of the plays he's come up with, and then you, you add in. It's all the little things he does as well, the line speed, the, the tough carries. Like that, that's, a, that's a given. But then you add on to it these huge impactful plays. Um, I mean, wasn't he chasing against the Sharks? Didn't he do it? Yeah. So he came on the field. They made a break. 
and he chased it and um, tackled the guy that made the break. And it was completely forgotten about because then Teddy was at first marker and he got simbid. And that distracted that, that took yeah. all the attention away yeah. from it. But it was Lindsay Collins coming off the bench, steaming down the edge there yeah. for a, a try saving tackle. And, and even like the amount of times you see him, you know, do that same thing, he might not make the tackle, but he forces the player infield mm. or he forces them into contact somewhere else. He's just, he's got a lot of these moments in his game now where you, you watch the replay and you go, fuck, what's he doing there? Mm. Why is he there? Yeah. Incredible. Man, I'll never forget a few years ago when I was like, I think that Lindsay Collins will play Origin this year. There's quite a few people that were like, he's a, he's this, he's that, like just talking nonsense. And now you look at him and you go, mate, like he's almost the first pick for Queensland in the front, in the forward pack. I'll never forget, there was a game that when you were going through your really dark period, 2020, was it? Mm. And, and the Roosters absolutely gave it to you and he scored a try in a game. And I remember a lot of people praised, like were praising him like crazy. And a lot of people said after that, it might have been a similar time, he'll play Origin. I just remember sitting there going... Like he scored a try. Mm. Calm down. Yeah. Like, oh, I hadn't seen it yet. And two, like, mate, even at the start of before this Origin series, I sat down. I was sort of going through my Queensland Maroons. Welsh or like, Collins? Yeah. And I was on. I was going. Well, maybe Collins will make yeah, it. I'm not yeah. sure. Now, he'd be my first pick, and he'd be my first pick for the Blues if I could too. Mate, he's he's a he's almost not almost, but he's he's absolutely pushed himself into. He's an Origin player. Yeah. You know, he's an Origin front rower. He's a guy that's gonna because like the middle of the year. You know, Billy Slater has, you know, fam- like not famously, but he said, I know a lot of people are, I guess, negative about the way the Roosters are playing, but if you watch specifically Lindsay Collins, he's been doing this all year long. He just hasn't, you haven't seen it, hasn't been working as a team. I mean, Billy's, you know, eye for talent is bloody young. Isn't rugby league amazing that like, you know, I can sit there and watch a game with my mates and hear the comments they say and just go, fuck, it's like, like people just see the game so differently. Then yeah. you get a mind like Billy Slater. Yeah. Who just sees the game within the game within the game? Yeah, there's just so many levels to it. It's unbelievable. Yep. Who stood out for you? I loved, and, and over the last two weeks, Sammy Walker's field goals in big moments. This is a very young bloke in the early stage of his career who got dropped early this season, uh, and again, it'll probably be a little bit forgotten due to the fact the Roosters got done in this game in the end, but. Snap field goals with nine minutes to go and seven minutes to go in the last two weeks. One of them got him across the line. The other one fell agonisingly short of doing it. But nailed them both when people around him and more experienced halves failed to do the same thing. Pretty special from Sammy Walker yeah. to do this two weeks on the trotter. And I was looking at the, the mechanics of the Sammy hitting them. And Sammy's got a ways to go in his general kicking game. He's a bit of a, a funny kicking style, mm. but his field goals... He snaps them so quickly. Yeah. And when the defence rushes up on him, he hits them so quickly. I spent Friday night after a couple little cheeky beers watching, as most Blues fans do, just watching old Joey John's highlights <laughs> from Origin. And I went back and saw a, a few of the field goals he hit. And there was a game in 03, I think it was game one, he snapped one with about six or seven minutes to go. And I'm just watching this master at work. And Joey, for that field goal, went to the line... He had to run inside and run it outside him. So he had options that, firstly, are going to hold up the defence and put them in about two minds. But if they do really rush on him, you know, he can hit someone inside or out who are going to have a spot to run there and, and a gap in behind the defensive line. But Joey snapped them so quickly. Mm. He didn't have a chance to charge the little bus down. And I've watched other players in the NRL this season and even more recently over the final series mm. – that hit them and they're just it's a really slow process of catching dropping hitting the ball and that but going back to it sammy walker he hits them so quickly and to add to your point if you go back and watch that he actually changed the way he hit it he almost dinked it up and over to 
decrease the mm. chances of a charge down. He did the same last week. It went really high. Yeah. Like not not the flat one where it's going, you know, two meters over the bar, flat and fast, going over. Mate, and like that's a that's a decision by Sammy Walker to go, I'm gonna decrease the chances of them them getting they they basically need to be over the ball to charge it down. Whereas when you hit it flat and hard, you can almost be two or three metres away. Heaps more chance. And, and you've got a chance of getting it down. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was one thing I want to emphasize that the way he kicked that ball on the weekend was on purpose. Oh. It was no accident. I, I heard, you know, I had a lot of people on social media comment on my stuff, sort of saying, oh, lucky it floated over. Oh, come nah. on. Mm-hmm, nah. That, that's why in commentary, Joey, Freddie, none of them commented that. They, yeah. they knew that he was doing it all on purpose. Yeah, so, so good. Um, so years done and dusted for the Roosters. Uh, we'll obviously do a season review, guys, so don't worry. We'll go deep dive into their season. But although still a disappointing season, uh, there's a lot to take away from, I reckon, in regards to culture, in regards to standard. Um, we'll go on a deeper dive. But I, I, I felt that even though they were nowhere near as good as we know they can be, they represented their jersey with pride when it mattered this year. If you had to give their season like a ranking out of 10, like – I'm not sure if I've ever seen a team before that I could equally see people giving them a four as I could see people giving them a seven. Yeah. yeah. And I could understand both arguments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we'll do all that in uh, the season review, guys. Now, onto the Storm. They are just phenomenal. Like, how do they do it? How do they do it? Where watching that game, they had no right to win that game. They had – they were getting – Completely dominated basically through the ruck for long periods, except for maybe that the start of the game. Uh, Roosters withstood a lot of the pressure early on and then completely flipped it on them. And yet, for all money, you know, with 10 to go, Roosters were, it was done. It was done. Roosters have gone down and they've won it. And somehow, some way, it's almost like the inverse of Penrith to a degree where Penrith, sometimes you, you play them and you look up at the score at 20 minutes and, you know, you're 16 points down. You're going, how the hell did that happen? Storm are like, you look up at the score and like, Storm are still in the game. How the hell are they still in the game? That's what looked like it on the weekend. And what I loved about the Storm is when the, when the game was just ratcheting it up, ratcheting up, pressure increasing, increasing, the two blokes that got their hands on the ball were Harry Grant and Cam Munster. It's just an amazing feat by Storm. The fact that they're in a prelim with how they were playing you know, over the last probably six weeks or whatever is nothing short of amazing. Yeah, for sure. I thought Harry Grant, he was tremendous in this one. And, you know, I personally thought Harry Grant, his game last week, I thought that was the worst of his career. Mm. I genuinely did. You know, I've obviously watched a lot of Harry Grant, and I was I was so disappointed with that performance in a big game last week. He was just so far off his off his game. Uh, but to bounce, bounce back with that performance there. And this one meant a lot to him against Brandon Smith, I reckon. Yeah. For sure. And you saw Cheese crash over just before halftime, which was a huge play in this game. Uh, the way that Harry responded, uh, just unbelievable. I thought that try that he set up for Seve, um, like just got the offload, and it's really simple. It was two on three, but he thought quick, he played slow, mm. and he, ju- he, he, ju- he just handled that moment perfectly. And it's, you know, he didn't reinvent the wheel. But how often do you see guys fuck up plays like that? A lot of players dummy there, go themselves, mm. and get held up by a scrambling fullback coming or whoever it might be. And he, he summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Mate, yeah, Harry Grant, he was outstanding. And. You know, you'd love to see that from a, a superstar player like Harry Grant. You'd love to see that it means something to him still. You, you know, you can get caught up in played for Queensland, played for your country. But at the end of the day, what really matters is, are you happy with the effort you put in last week in that 80 minutes? And you could tell Harry Grant was disappointed with the way he played against the Brizzy Broncos. 
And there's no way that the Storm are in this game if Harry Grant aren't playing. Like, there's not even close. Came on, as we said earlier in the show, changed the game. Like, had the try assist, had that really, that stunning line break where I think it was Eisenhuth got tackled off the back of it. But, you know, he also took that run before Munster had the crossfield kick, yep. flew from dummy half, had three blokes on him, somehow managed to get, like, a lethal, quick play the ball away. Mm. So he had three big blokes on him, just wrestled his way out, got rid of it, gave Munster time to get the kick away. Yep. Mate, yeah, Harry Grant was outstanding. Another bloke I want to give a shout-out to, uh, Nick Meany. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, like, how often on this show do I always talk about, hey, defence is 50% of the game, guys. It's not just all about attack. You need to give credit to defensive plays as much as you give to attacking plays. And even I got caught up in getting last week where I was like, look, I didn't say Fa Long or should definitely be selected, but there was a part of me that was like, they need some points. They need a player that can do something crazy, something big, and Fa Long might be that guy. And I do think Bellamy may have been leaning towards that because Fa Long was in the extended bench, correct? Yeah. So he was there or thereabouts. And I, I reckon Bellamy did sit down and think about it and go, do I need to have a player to be able to inject to get a bit? Anyway. I, I recall last week, and Matt will be able to bring out the tape, but Kempi, you saying that if Bellamy doesn't go far longer fullback over Meany, that they might have to go in a different direction with Bellamy next year. <laughs> that's, that's, what oh, I, that's what I recall. Wow. One of your best, Timmy. One of your best, <laughs> mate. How dare you, sir? But I want to say with Nick Meany is he, did, he played exactly – the way you would hope a player would play like him to justify selecting a player like him in a big game. Because if you put a rookie in that position, he's not being – I don't think he's going to be able to do what Nick Meany did. His defensive high bombs were nothing short of extraordinary. Like the amount of times – these weren't easy catches where there's no pressure, he doesn't have to jump. These were tough as anything catches. And if he drops them, the amount of pressure that's put on his – you know, forward pack, his teammates, is huge. I thought Meany was outstanding and he proved why he'd have to be in the top three players of the year for the Melbourne Storm. If not, he may even take player of the year. As I said, does he have that crazy play like Pappy or Falongo or Munster or whatever? No, maybe not. But rugby league is about more than those crazy plays and Nick Meany is evidence of that. He's been super consistent Always done his job, and on the weekend, he delivered tenfold for the Storm. It's a cracking performance that you can't see in stats. Yeah. 188 <laughs> metres, 56 post-contact, not bad. But as you said, you get to that kick defusal, eight. Eight, and, and they the were tough. the moments that he came oh, up with there. Yeah. That, I mean, like, let's say, let's say eight. That's at least – there's at least one try in there that he saved by going eight from eight. Yeah. He, he reminds me a lot of – and, you know, for – Penrith fans out there and Warriors fans saying your knickers in a knock. So I'm not saying these blokes are all on the exact same level, but just that mould of, of Dylan Edwards and trying to Nickel Cook's dad, who they probably don't have the big highlights, real moments. They all have the occasional one, but they're so reliable. Defensively, mm. they're so good. You know, there's a line break. They're there backing up. They're always in the position they need to be in. This yep. like a coach's dream. Well, it, doesn't he represent where the storm are at right now? Like, okay, Nick Meany... There was a period where, where he kind of bounced around a few clubs and is he a first grader? Is he not a first grader? Gets down to the Melbourne Storm, fully commits to the system and he's fast becoming a player that, let's say you do have guys like Papi or Fa'along or, you know, explode. I, I feel like Bellamy just can't not have him in the 17. You know, he's the kind of guy that you go, look, does he, does he fit somewhere on the bench? 
well, technically not really, but he represents what the storm's all about, and that's hard work and buying into the system. He'll be in there without a doubt. Yeah, somewhere. Where or don't really care where, he'll be there. Yeah, he'll be there, and each week he'll do a job, he'll cover a certain position. As I said, I, I, last week I didn't say Fire Longmore should definitely take his spot, but I'm more of, is there, do you consider getting a guy that you know has maybe a try or two in him to get those points that seem to be hard to come by. Could, could Fata Longo be that X factor to take him to, you know, to knock off a pen with pins? Exactly, exactly. But, you know, the way he played on the weekend, for every try that Papi or Fata Longo scored from a line break, he saved two of them with his incredible defense, defensive defusal. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, he was great. Uh, mate, I thought... That Trent Lira was a very good as well. Mm. Apologies if I'm pr- pronouncing that wrong. I've never been able to get it down pat. Um, but yeah, I thought he was very, very solid. There was a moment late in the game where I was it was it him that the potential hip drop happened to? I think it was late in the game when yeah, him or he cut move. back in field. Anyway, there was a moment yeah. where he went down in this game, and you know, for for a guy that you know he hasn't been an absolute superstar this year, but God, he's been solid for Melbourne. Mm. And I think that if he would have gone down, that would have left a huge hole for them next week. Yeah, absolutely. And he's another guy against the Broncos, you know, unfortunately just got bashed. Like, yeah. And again, you always want to see how do you respond? Everyone can have, you know, not the best games, but what separates, you know, NRL players from, you know, not NRL players is how do you respond in the next big game? I agree with you. Trent Leoro, he was really good. And again, he represents that storm mentality of like, okay, maybe I'm not Katoa on the other edge that can do crazy stuff. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to give absolutely everything I can for this jersey. I thought he was really, really good. I reckon, uh, I remember like when you when you talk to people from down there in Melbourne in the preseason, he was the name that was popping out everywhere. Mm. Every single time you hear it, he was the name. So I, I'm very keen to see him with another big preseason under his belt, how he goes <laughs> next year. I thought the halfback wish art. Oh. He was tremendous. That first try he scored, did you see that image of him playing for Jerengong when he was a kid yeah. scoring a try? Yep. Exactly the same <laughs> as him playing for Melbourne. So good. Um I had his old man, Rod, who's obviously a champion player, uh, Illawarra Steelers and George Dragon, Kangaroo, New South Wales, uh, on the podcast about 18 months ago. And his young bloke had just signed to go to Melbourne. And I, I remember I said to him, I go, mate, what, what position is he? And he sort of said, I don't know. I don't think he knows. I don't think Craig Bellamy knows. But Craig Bellamy knows that he's got something to offer. Uh, and, geez, wasn't it great to see that moment, you know, coming in to replace Jerome Hughes? Yeah. In a sudden death final, and you know he didn't just play a role. He was he scored the first try. He was the one calling for the field goal late in the game. As much as it was a shocking field goal, <laughs> shout out to Tui that got a clobbering in the back of the head. But he <laughs> wanted the ball and came. He, he popped that offload for the second try yep. for Seve's second try as well. Yeah, he came up with a couple of big tackles too, big defensive plays. So shout out to Wishy, great to see. Yeah, he, he's an interesting one next year. Like you spoke about Meany there and finding a spot for him. Yeah, Meany covers. You know the majority of the back line and what a, a good 14 he could be but tyron wishart like seriously he can cover and has covered one to seven and nine mm. and probably 13 at a pinch as well like he's an ultimate number 14 and now he's got a, a big game performance under his belt yeah yeah to come in like that and and before it i was like i think harry grant's going to play a lot of seven because i just didn't think wishart was a seven really and then again it's just that incredible storm attitude of it's not really about talent, although they've got talent. They've got plenty of talent. But it's just about having a dig. Yep. And that's what he did. He just had a fucking red-hot crack. Like, even the try he scored, 
was that a, a traditional seven try? No, that was just a bloke looking up and going, you know what, I'm going to fucking have a crack here and score a try in a fucking final series. It was interesting too, you know, they obviously had uh, Jonah Bazette in the squad as well that they could have gone for, and they went for Wishart. So mm. throughout the year, yeah. that's sort of been the guy they've gone for, but obviously big game, uh, Craig Bellamy, he knew what he was doing. Like, like it is insane. Once again, the Storm are in a prelim. <laughs> like, How? How do they do it? I need to know. It is nothing like I just. There's no words to describe it. I don't think people realise how incredible this is. What they're doing right now, like you look at this roster, and it's not disrespectful. It's it's actually impressed. Like, and this is all better players than I ever was. But this is not a roster that, you know, like they didn't even they didn't have Hughes. And I know the Roosters were missing some people too. But the Storm didn't go into this year with this crazy roster, everything working for them. I, I think it's amazing what they're doing. I really, really do. And, I mean, if you were to take, you know, what, a top five halfback, is that fair? Yeah. In the game? Yeah. And realistically a top five fullback in the game out of this team, still got to a prelim. Yeah, it's absolutely – I mean, like, it was only, what, a year ago that Hughes was a top two halfback. Yeah. You know, he was just behind Cleary in, when you looked at statistically and the way the Storm were playing. Um Pappy, before his injury last year, was, you know, by the news, I never agree with it, but was putting pressure on Teddy mm. for his spot. Um, not to say that I don't think Pappy wouldn't go well in New South Wales. I just thought that Teddy had been so good for so long that his spot shouldn't be up for question. Um, yeah. I was uh, very happy to see Olam back as well. Yeah, I was really happy It surprised me how long he was out of this side. When he got dropped a few weeks ago, I thought, okay, this will be a week or two, then he'll be back in. They got to finals footy and weren't picking him. Yeah. I could – and, you know, obviously Craig Bellamy. He's forgotten more than I know. But I, I, I was very, very shocked that he wasn't in this team earlier. And, yeah, he came in and did a good job, I thought. Remus Smith, you know, the stat sheet isn't fantastic. There was a couple of times where there was loose balls on the ground and everything and he, he fought for them. Yeah. Yeah. Showed more more want than his opposition. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, what is there to say about the Storm? Every year. Every year they do something like they just show you why that organisation is something special that, you know, when Bellamy moves on or whatever and we see all that happen. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I guess just appreciate it while it's here because this is what rugby league's about. It's about having a go, ripping in turn for your mates and for the jersey that you wear. And the Storm... You know, I know they're easy to hate and I get it. You know, they're so successful. That's what we do. We hate the successful sides. But you've got to respect this incredible side. I, I don't hate them. I, I, love, I think they're fantastic. But if you do, you've got to respect what they're doing. You've was, got it. There was one guy in this team as well, Josh King, I want to talk about. He, he had two bad drop balls. Mm. But credit to him, like, I just – as soon as he knocked on the first one, I just thought, I've never seen Josh King do that. Mm. Yeah. I've just never seen him make an unforced error like that. He came up with a second one in this game as well, but it just it sort of made me reflect on fuck. How good has his season been? <laughs> Granted, that was probably his worst performance, but it just it stood out to me straight away. That I was like, fuck, this guy never makes a mistake. I know. And they still just find a way. Yeah. They just find a way. Hold up. 
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.